Hello and welcome to Adventures in Venue Land, an EAMC podcast. This is your all-access pass to go backstage and behind the scenes with some of the brightest minds that cross the scope of the live entertainment industry. I'm Dave Rettelberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. We'll introduce you to some of our favorite people as we dive deep into the world of live touring shows and the venues that host them. Our adventure today takes us to the Windy City, Chicago, where we're going to visit with Derek Christian. He's the Senior Marketing Manager at the United Center. Derek, how's it going? It's going great. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here, to be asked to be part of the podcast. So I'm loving being here right now. Now, there's no visuals uh, with the podcast, but you're coming to us today from a kind of an unusual location inside the United Center. Tell us where you're, where you're coming to us from. For sure. So I am broadcasting live <laughs> from my laptop in, in a platform that we all know and love and we've been using for all of 2020 and 2021. But I thought it would be valuable to do it from here. So I'm in the concert club. It's the United Center Concert Club. It's a downstairs hospitality space that traditionally would be open for pre-concert and pre-game activities. And this is actually the location of our offices before we built our atrium where our new office building is. And so I am actually in view of my old cubicle in the back that is now a space where people can dine uh, traditionally when, when concerts are open. So it felt very nostalgic to have that here while we talk about adventures in venue land. So wanted to wanted to sit in that space while we have the conversation. Yeah, I mean, that's very much part of your adventure, right? And the part of the evolution of the venue. I think that's always super interesting. Those of us that work at a venue for a while, you always see it evolve over time, construction in certain areas. Like you say, offices turn into clubs, clubs turn into offices. It's it's wild. And arenas turn into vaccination sites. Uh, that's what you guys are up to right now, right? This huge transformation in about a seven-day window. Tell me about what's what's happening right now at the United Center. Yeah, so it's an incredible feat. And one of the things that I think will always come up, even I think in this conversation, is how much of a team effort a lot of these things are. It's a great working relationship that we not only have with the teams within the building, but also the, the building and the teams with the external community is a strong, a strong area. So it's an honor to be a part of an organization that has really evolved so much to be able to adapt to the pandemic and COVID-19 and how it's really impacted the world around us and especially the community around us. And so specifically with the mass vaccination site, the federal mass vaccination center, really there's two locations. So there's a walk-up location that happens in one of the parking lots here that transformed into uh, a place where people can make appointments. It's open from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, online. And so they're able to walk up, get their vaccination here on campus. And we have parking that gives them a shuttle from the actual location when they're here to make it very accessible to the community around us. And also just recently, we opened up the drive up location in the adjacent parking lot in lot C. Uh -huh. So we have a walk up center and a drive up center where people are able to come get the vaccine once they made an appointment online. And it has been a truly collaborative effort with so many organizations, uh, FEMA, the city of Chicago, a laundry list of names, but that really goes to show you how the community was able to, to rally around, uh, get support happening and be able to have such a, a massive site 
outside of the United Center to be able to transform in addition to the other kind of areas that that leadership has really been rallying around to make sure that we can really serve as a vehicle for the community. And you guys have been, you know, doing that for quite a while over this this adventure of the past, you know, a year with you guys were a voting super site, right? So what what exactly is a voting super site? <laughs> yes. So November 3rd, 2020 was election day. And it was an honor to be a part of that experience because the United Center served as a voting super site where we welcomed nearly 2,000 Chicago residents that showed up to register or cast their vote in the election at the United Center. So it was amazing. It was in the atrium. So the building that I referenced earlier, the atrium is around our Michael Jordan statue, which is one of the main attractions here on campus. So it was incredible to have voters that were coming in. They were passing, you know, the Michael Jordan statue going to the areas to cast their vote. And to see the the joy and the excitement of people outside in lines, first time voters who, you know, got to have this experience and they were thrilled that they could be at the United Center for their the first time casting their ballot. That was one of the greatest experiences that I've seen because just the excitement on faces, especially for concerts, is, is something that I think that we all live for and is a personal thing for me. But on election day, to have that kind of impact and to rally the community in that way was one of the the best things that I think that I've, I've seen here so far. Yeah. And what a positive impact to have on the community to offer that service. And then, like you said, you're kind of emotionally connecting with them by having, you know, the MJ statue and having these people that, you know, grew up in Chicago and probably have all these great memories at the United Center. And now they get to come and cast their vote there. So it, I'm sure it was really something special. Yeah. And, and again, I just love it because of the collaborative feel of things, because, you know, we're talking about that was in, you know, November and things picked up really with COVID in March. And so thinking about like the evolution over time in March, the United Center arena floor, you know, there's a photo that was floating around that was shared, but we served as a storage facility on the arena floor where there were nearly 26,000 boxes on, on the floor there. And then there was a PPE drive that that happened. And then, you know, the uh, the voting super site, it, it, it's just, it, it's great to be a part of teams. And again, that is, hands down that are, are the event operations teams and, and and leadership and so many so many names that you know how long is this podcast we could be talking forever if just listening to names <laughs> right, right. but you know just to see that genuine determination to be there for the community in ways that that are possible is great to be a part of and to see happen so exciting to you know stretch those learning muscles right whether it's votings or vaccines these are all things that are new to us right so you know in a place where people are used to come and see concerts and now they're having something which is having a really profound impact on their life and i think it's important for people to kind of see the venues in that new light it's been great to not only been great being able to provide stuff for the community but i think the community will value the venues and kind of the ways that they were able to evolve and and step up through this process over the the past year Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. And, and to your point, even just about the story of it, and, and Paul, I know you mentioned earlier about the venues, especially a venue like the United Center, which opened in 1994, we've been a part of the, the story, a part of the history, a part of the community, and we've evolved with people just like people have grown up and had their different moments. So how many people have a connection to the United Center? And it's a part of, it is a part of the community. So being in, interacting and building on these moments together is 
is, is a part of the connection. And it's just engaging with the with the venue in the exact same way as they were, but just with new opportunities as we continue to adapt, shift, and evolve. Derek, you mentioned, you know, uh, what? so now is it 94? So we're, what, 26 years or so, 27 years? Uh, if I'm good yes. at my math. Uh, <laughs> yes, carry the two. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. So you know, obviously, uh, uh, United Center, but you, you use the word campus to refer to things that are maybe outside. For those people, folks who've never been to Chicago to visit uh, United Center, tell us a little about what, what's going on there, where you guys are located in Chicago, uh, you know, your, your tenants, that kind of stuff. For sure, yes. Yeah. So the United Center, we are a home of the Chicago Bulls and the Chicago Blackhawks. We are located in the west side of Chicago. And it is on 1901 West Madison Streets. It is an incredible place that started as one venue in 1994, and it has grown into an arena campus. So not only do we have the United Center building, but on the side of it is the atrium. So people know the Michael Jordan statue, which was unveiled in 1994 as well, was originally outside. It's in the exact same spot that it was outside but we have built an atrium around it which includes a 10,000 square foot retail space a studio for one of the local partners our box office which is you know incredible and revamped and has a concierge style uh, setup and then there it has the office building connected to it which is where on all the levels we where all the teams sit so it's great because we're all here well in traditional times we're all here uh, in the building around there and we have the Advocate Center, which is the practice facility for the Chicago Bulls. And we also have the Fifth Third Bank Arena, which is the practice facility for the Chicago Blackhawks. So we consider the United Center, the Atrium, the Madhouse Team Store, which is the official retail store, the Advocate Center practice facility for the Bulls, and the Fifth Third Bank Arena practice facility for the Chicago Blackhawks as a part of our campus that's just expanding and growing. Yeah, geez, that's a lot. Uh, where are you guys at right now? You know, are you at a uh, 10% capacity? Are you allowing fans in it? You got, obviously with, with hockey, uh, some, some cities like here in Columbus, we're, we're up to 25%. Uh, but you know, you know, the NBA, NHL, special events, where is the United Center as, uh, as of today? Sure. So as of today, we are still operating with no fans in the building. And so that is, you know, we're kind of just being adaptive to what is going on in the community around us. So for us right now, it is the focus on the games that are happening internally. So we have been having games at the, in the arena since December of 2020. So we're just continuing on that path and just seeing where that takes us, knowing that we're paying attention and the, the health and the safety of all involved is the, is the number one thing that we're focusing on. So none at this point, but you know, we're all, we're all hopeful for the day when we're able to hear the cheers of fans in the building. Derek, walk me through the past year then for you, because, you know, as a, a senior marketing manager, I know that, you know, you're in charge of a lot of the uh, social media and, and that kind of fun stuff that uh, represents the, the arena and the campus outwardly. So what are you doing and how are, how are you kind of, you know, working to get through this period between, you know, I guess where we, where the pandemic started and, and kind of as we launch back into to getting fans ready? Yeah. So Again, that's a great question. And honestly, on our side, we have really been adapting to the year that happened in 2020 that we're all aware of. And I mean, for us on the marketing side, I'm sure people know, but there's the, you know, the team. So you have the Chicago Bulls, you have the Chicago Blackhawks, 
and then United Center. United Center is concerts and family shows. And so we're an entity within ourselves, but we collectively make up the United Center Joint Venture, which is an umbrella for all three organizations. So we all have things that we're working on specifically. And on the United Center side, it really has been the, the COVID-19 adaptations and responses. So I mentioned earlier that we were, we partnered with the Greater Chicago Food Depository, where we had nearly 26,000 boxes of uh, food, more than 774,000 pounds of non-perishable items wow. that were collected over you know two months or so to be able to assist with the community in that way and the PPE donations. So a lot of it on the marketing side is helping with the coordination of that, the communication of that, and you know wearing many different hats to make sure that we're connecting with different teams to help people when they get here about what that looks like and, and the planning for, for these elements. So we've really pretty much had something major in the community that we've been doing over the course of all of those months. So that has really been the, the pulse of everything. So, and again, back to election day and the mass vaccination center that's happening. So for us, it's been partially prep work to get those things to happen and working on communication and also being able to assess, you know, uh, do planning to, to figure out, you know, how we get from there to here or from here to there rather, and, and welcoming you know fans back hopefully in the future, that's been what we've been really dealing with. So it's been a lot of, a lot of decks, a lot of um, ideation, a lot of conversation, and really just being able to, to manage the things because we're all dealing with the shifting and changing feel with the concerts and events and, and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I really notice when I check out United Center's social media is, you know, you talk about community, but I, I see that you really embrace it on a number of, you know, whether it's International Women's Day or, you know, the National Memorial Service or even the, you know, we are united against racism. I see, uh, you know, the, the venue embracing that, as I know some venues are, are not sure where to do that. So talk to me about your, your personal philosophy, you know, kind of behind supporting these causes that are, you know, important to your community, as well as, you know, the, uh, the arena's, you know, philosophy. For sure. It is something that is near and dear to me. I am, you know, I, I think that, you know, we've had conversations around bringing yourself to to work and your full self to work and what does that look like? And for me, that's always been a piece of it. It's, 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 it's to look around at what's there and to fill in what's missing. And for social media, especially for the United Center social media, it's really telling the story. And that's what we want to do as a marketing team is to be able to tell the story and, and share the vision. The great thing about the United Center specifically and you know, a lot of venues, you have people who have been here for a long time and then there are people who are just getting here. And, and that dynamic of, of perspective is helpful. And I think that when you've seen people who have been here for a long time, the stories are, are there. And it's important for us to share the message and reflect of who we are. And so the International Women's Day post actually came from inside our diversity, equity, inclusion committee, which we are, we already said, you know, how do we want to support? How do we want to, you know, show up? And so that's just one of the public facing things that we did in addition to, you know, internal uh, celebration of women in the workplace event that we're doing that, which is a virtual celebration, which built on a becoming celebration of women in the workplace event that we built around the Michelle Obama book tour becoming that happened here. So that's an evolution right. of what that is before. So for us, it's really, what 
are we doing first and making sure that we are are doing the work and then it is engaging with the community as far as on social media to be able to share those things because it it, it starts from within and and to be able to reflect that in the community is is what we want to help connect because we're all we're all connected in a way and this is just that's just another way for us to to do it yeah i mean like you said too i think it's so critical that people practice what they preach right so it's really easy for you to put out a social post saying you should do this or we believe in that but then if you're not doing that internally so i mean it's i think it really speaks to the core values of your all's company that you are doing these internal appreciations and recognitions for people internally and then you're also pushing that out using the platform of the you know venue accounts to sort of elevate and broadcast that but you know ultimately at the end of the day i think some of those things are empty if you know i think that's what we're all seeing and maybe it's even created some of the confusion with some of these venues is you know if you put out a statement and you're not actually doing it yourself you know what kind of statement are you really saying are you just doing it for the the PR move, or you actually do you actually care about it? You know, so I think it's it's wonderful that it seems like you know you all really, if anything, took it to heart internally before externally, which is great. Yeah, and I mean that's the case. Is I think that we all are seeing what's happening in the world. Some of us are waking up to it for the first time. Some of us have have seen it all along. Some of us have personally experienced it all along, and really it, when it comes to how people are engaging it's definitely about engaging in in the first place but not everything is a public display but we have to be able to look into things and say you know where we are and i think that's on a personal level to say even where where am i at with this conversation you know like i said with the diversity equity inclusion you know one of the trainings that we recently went through it's really one of the benefits is really just asking ourselves the questions because something for me that you know i've seen my whole entire life from microaggressions but that was a word that came up to somebody else for the first time because that wasn't their experience and i think that you know what the world is really seeing is that just because we all share a common space doesn't mean that we share a common reality that was one of the quotes that I really loved about the the training that we collectively went through is because that's that's true. And I think we're in the awareness about the fact that our common space isn't the common reality that we're having. It's important for us to, as individuals, as well as organizations to ask, well, now that we're aware about that, what are we going to do about that and to have those next steps and Ideally, that's an internal conversation that that is happening and, and work is being done there. And then just the ripple effect of what people see on the outside, it really comes from that within. And so it's just one of those one of those times for, you know, all, all companies and all people to really look look inside and to take that understanding with them on the outside. Last summer, you know, with everything that happened, you know, and, and you know, kind of the increasing uh, awareness of some of the racial issues in this country, I loved the way that the United Center em embraced, you know, with a big sign outside the, the arena that said, you know, we are united against racism. So when you're having those discussions, I think there's so many folks at venues who don't even know how to begin those discussions of how we're going to tackle this as a as a company. Tell me how, how you guys came up with that campaign and, and kind of how you were able to support it. Sure. It's levels, it's levels of work. And so right. <laughs> I think really for us, and again, just mentioning back to the fact that there's the Chicago Bulls, Chicago Blackhawks, and the United Center, and we're all this under this umbrella of UCJV, and we all have our internal things that we really 
uh, champion and look at and in, in initiatives, but a lot of them are interlinked because again, we are, it's one of the blessings of, you know, working here is that we, we do engage really well across, across the board, you know, as a team, you know, so that's, that's good. So the, the teams have their own activation points about really being involved too. And so on the United Center side, when we were witnessing what was going on in the world collectively, and we had a, a town hall meeting where people were sharing their voices and their perspectives and really just weighing, weighing on us in that way, we knew automatically that we wanted to insert our voice there. And that wasn't the first time that the United Center has used our outdoor digital signage to be able to support causes and initiatives. And again, that's something that we tracked to before. So that understanding of we are united against racism, that's a that's a feeling internally. So when when that understanding is there, then it's it's easy to put something together to reinforce that. I think for some companies, when maybe that sentiment isn't as it does it doesn't come as as top of mind or like the conversation hasn't happened there there may be some some struggles to work through that but for us it was really a an email chain it was a, it was an email conversation to say this is what we think and this is what we think we should do and a couple of emails back and forth and and we we put that signage out there we are united against racism and that's that was an easy decision because that is something that is at the the heart of the organizations and something that we wanted to display because being a part of the community, especially where we are, it's important that we share that and that we reflect what's going on. The, the concerts that happen in the building, the, the events that happen in the building, the people that come through the building, they are part of the community that we are a part of. And so that was uh, as quickly as an email and leadership gets it. And so that's what made it an easier thing for us to do because it's just a core value that we believe in. That's great. I really I appreciate you sharing that with us. That, that's that's awesome. I, I wish it was uh, that united. Haha, no pun intended. Uh, and, and easy to do. Or you know, it's not not that it's easy to do, but that it's you know uh, easy to get that consensus, especially when you've got groups as uh, as well respected in the world as you know the United Center and the Blackhawks and the Bulls all coming together. So that that's a, a wonderful thing. When when we talk about community, let's talk about when you are a part of the community at the University of Missouri Columbia, right? So we're taking you back to college. Did you know what you wanted to do that, that first day of college? Did you know that, hey, I wanted to get into the arena business and this is what I want to do? Or or kind of how did your adventure start? Uh, the adventure in Derek Christian land. I, I like what we're doing. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I did not know where the road would end me, but I think that when you're just driven by what you're passionate about, you're going to end up somewhere that aligns with you on some level. So I think that when your when your heart is your compass, your focus is your compass, then you know you're going to you're going to end up somewhere great. So at the University of Missouri, Mizzou, M I Z for anyone who's listening, I knew that I wanted to tell stories and share stories. So I was a journalism major, start out in broadcast journalism graduated with a degree in strategic communications, which is advertising and public relations, because my passion was telling stories. And that's partially through social media and what I love about it, because at the heart of it, social media is telling stories. It's people telling their own stories. It's them sharing their minds. It is, it is that feeling. And I love that. And so when I, when I graduated, I ended up working in media planning, which I don't know, are you all, I mean, of course, you all are familiar with media planning. I mean, we're, we're in the, in this, but you know, for anyone who's not, not aware about media planning, media planning is when you see a television commercial, you know that you see it on this channel, 
but there's a company in between there that decided this is the target audience for that company to put their commercial on because it would get the greatest reaction in front of them. So I worked for the middle person company working for the National McDonald's account, which was great because it really taught me like the number one mentality because McDonald's is the biggest, you know, the biggest in the industry, especially at the time that I worked there. So, you know, when you're number one, you are changing the game. But when you're number two, three, four or five, you know, you're trying to be number one. So your mentality is different. So that really taught me just to think as a like number one type of person to go in any situation, even if, you know, we're not that how to have that perspective. So I appreciated that. But I stayed there for a while. But when the opportunity opened up for uh, working at the United Center in the marketing area, it was my sweet spot because I'm a big entertainment and music fan. So, you know, it's not it's not basketball. It's not hockey, but it engages with both of those. But it's concerts and family shows and that sweet spot and that evolution and that elevation is what I love about it. And working in the event industry as far as like the building side of things is great because it's just enough structure to be something that is working, but there is enough opportunity area that you can bring about ideas and ask why not and say these things. And it's not so regulated in a sense that still allows that creativity to be out there. So getting here and asking why not while being around some of the best in the industry was was a great thing. And, and, and I love the evolution of that. So my path wasn't, I didn't know like immediately I wanted to do this because I'm born and raised in St. Louis. And so living in Chicago for the past 10 years is, is, is the adjustment. So I didn't necessarily have that specific United Center connection, but being here has taken it to new heights and I love it. So, you know, you've been there I think a little over seven years now, right? Yeah. What was it that helped you get your foot in the door? What do you think it was, was the reason that, that they chose you, Derek Christian, for this job, for that person who's maybe thinking about getting into this industry and wondering, you know, hey, what do I need to do to be considered? For sure. Uh, well, for me, I I look at it as if you do it for yourself, then you'll do it for me. So like, would you trust a barber with a bad haircut? Would you trust a car salesperson with a bad car? Would you trust someone as a stylist if they are not dressed properly and you don't see that? since. So for me, I think that we have to reflect what we say that we are willing to do for someone. So for me, you know, part of, you know, marketing was social media. So by that time, I had managed the social media for the fraternity that I was in on a national level. And that included creating videos and content for that, that I could point them to what website links for. You know, I had perspectives, you know, I already looked at <laughs> the social media uh, sites for the organization. And when they asked me the question about like, hey, what would you change? I had my answers because I had my perspective. And also I created some things for myself where on my own social media profiles, my own LinkedIn profiles, you could see the aesthetic and what I wanted to put forth. And so you have to represent what it is to make people a believer. Because if you if you do it for yourself, I know that you'll do it for me. But if you're not doing it for yourself, then what are you really telling me? So closing that distance was, was what I think helped me out. Because when I showed up, I said, this is what I would love to do. This is how I would love to be a part of it. And, you know, did my research and, and showed that the passion is what was going to get me there. Because I think that you can, skills can be taught, but passion can't. So what you're doing in your life up to a certain point, whether you decided to or not, it is a result of your interest and your passion. And I think that that really shines through more than anything. And I, I would like to think that that is what, what what brought me onto the team is the passion and the, the history of showing what, what I was capable of. And, be, and being innovative, if I, if I can say that too. And, and I feel, it feels kind of like wrong to be, be talking about myself like this, but it, if I value anything as a core value, it is innovation. And if I can say anything in the time here, 
it has been what I'm proud of is the innovation in things. And so I know artists gifts and, and stuff like that is a thing. And when I when I first got here, we didn't necessarily do that, but I didn't want to be about artists gifts. I wanted to be about artists experiences. Just a couple of examples. Cause I, I, I know you guys do some cool stuff. Well, I mean, since you asked, I mean, if we have time for it, you know, I don't want to bore anyone, but you know, I, I probably have like a top <laughs> 10 list. Um, but if I have to say, and the caveat here is that I've always, and myself and my colleague, Colleen, who we've been here for the long haul, and now we have Jack here together. It's always been the perspective to use events that are happening to connect to the community within the building. So uh, we did uh, the Astro World Art Gallery. So when Travis Scott was here, we got local artists to paint Travis Scott paintings and we hung it up on the wall backstage and there, there were Travis Scott paintings and we had like the we partnered with Live Nation to have this cool lighting back there and we printed out this this cartoon style map that we handed out fans about where to go around the United Center with the cotton candy and all of that there but you know Travis Scott loved the art and we actually ended up sending it to him so that was great uh, we did the J-Lo 360 Glam Cam, one of my favorites. We had like this red carpet that led from her dressing room to this 360 camera where you stood up there and we had these De Niro money guns. The De Niro is her, one of her songs. And basically you would shoot the money guns around and all the dancers loved it. And they were like, this is amazing. They were, you know, sending her messages beforehand and saying like, you have to be a part of this. And so she came in and she immediately went up there and, you know, was shooting the money guns and they loved it so much. That's great. Yeah, we, so we, we had fake money before, but then they gave her some, us some of the JLo money from their tour to put in there. But the bigger impact things like when Michelle Obama came here for a celebration of becoming, we had a celebration of women in the workplace event featuring a, a panel in our atrium with the Bulls, the Blackhawks, the United Center, Chicago, White Sox, and Live Nation, where we had a, a woman from each of those areas having a conversation about that. And we surprised everyone on the staff because we invited staff for that. And we surprised them with books of Becoming. And we, we got a letter from uh, Mrs. Obama's elementary school and all of her schools. We put it on this big uh, wall and we put it backstage and she saw that and loved it and kept it with her. And we invited people in the community, women in the community, women organizations and their mentees to come in to be a part of that experience and watch the event together. So for us, it's, awesome. it's, it's multi-leveled ways to get people in the community uh, here to really have that experience. And, and that's what I love about it. We get, to, we get to be creative in that kind of innovation, really not only makes memorable experience for the artists when they get here, but for the community to be able to engage in it and to connect with it on a deeper level. And to, to gush on Chicago for a little bit, obviously you said you're born and raised in St. Louis, but I mean, Chicago is one of my favorite cities in the US. And it's, it's just, I don't know what it is. I think it's like, it's not as overwhelming as New York, but it's right on the lake and it's super diverse, you know, and it's just really, I don't know. I, I just have always loved that city so much and, and have so many great memories there just from going with friends. That was where I went to my first EAMC, which was in 2010 and wow. the Blackhawks won that year, which you may have heard this story, but it was our 30th anniversary for the conference. And then we were like watching the Blackhawk games home and away in the different like bars that night. And then they won and like the streets were just crazy people, you know, honking their horns till five in the morning. You know, it was just, it was wild. 
I just love that city. So what a, you know, what a great city to land in and be working, you know, in this industry, which you could be in, in any city, but I mean, Chicago, what a, what's the, what's the Sinatra thing? What a toddle in town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Such a storied city and such a storied history at the venue. That's why it's definitely, you know, in, in honor to be working here. And again, not only that, but just with the people who have seen it on this level, who have seen it, grow who have who have been here a part of those moments i mean six championships on both sides for the teams and you know you're talking about people who have seen it from start to finish so it's yeah. it's an honor to be surrounded by so many great people and it just continuously grow i love it Derek, a few minutes ago you mentioned you wouldn't hire a stylist who didn't have style of their own so Paul and I today are definitely not people you would hire as stylists, but but obviously, obviously you put some care in your present presentation. Do I hear that you've got like your own like suit and tie line? Is there something, some kind of fashion thing you're doing? Ah, ah yes, yes. The Mr. Suitable. Yeah, tell me about Mr. Suitable. Yes, perfect. So Mr. Suitable is a motivational men's accessories line of ties, tie bars, socks, and more. There are over a hundred pieces in the collection. And what really sets it apart is that it is it is motivational. So all the ties have a specific tie name associated with it, because when you're getting dressed up, it's not just about getting dressed up. It's about who you're getting dressed up to be. So, you know, when you're wearing a tie that's named the fire starter, you're going into that interview that you just talked about, uh, Dave, about, you know, representing yourself and sharing what makes you 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 know if you're wearing a tie like the fire starter knowing that you're going in to light up the room and ignite your inner personality then you you feel even more empowered and you're part of those moments and so everything is uh 18 and under to be you know affordable to a lot of different people and i love it because again it's the message about empowerment and you know the steps forward are necessary steps so it just encourages everyone to do it in style so i love being a part of that and even back to Mizzou scenario, I created a list of black owned businesses that are owned by alumni of the University of Missouri and shared that list because again, I'm all about empowerment just in general. And there are over a hundred businesses on that list that people can see. And oh, just that yeah. visibility is what I love. And so whether it's in, you know, using marketing as a tool to be able to craft that message or doing it internally in my life, that's the passion that drives me because I'm always about inclusion and visibility and motivation and empowerment. And if I can do it through style, hey, that's a bonus. So that, that's Mr. Suitable. I mean, Derek is the most stylish guy at the conference we'll we'll like show up at like a sunday brunch and you know half of us are you know wearing dirty clothes hang, hung over derek shows up he's got the slickest suit i've ever seen on and i'm like oh my god this guy is, he's, he's showing up he's showing out it's awesome i mean it's it's amazing uh, thank you, Paul. I, I appreciate that. It's just, you know, it's just a representation of self. And, you know, they say bring your, your full self to work. So, you know, I just I just try to try to bring that along with me, you know? <laughs> yeah. One of the other things that I have heard about you is uh, that you do spoken word poetry. Am I right about this? Yes. yes tell me, tell us a little about your interest here. So I love words and so even back to to music i i was the kid who would have cds and would read the booklet for the song lyrics i love song lyrics i love all genres of music but i especially respect country music because of the emphasis on lyrics that it has so for me the lyric is the first thing that catches my eye so i've always had a relationship with words you know i wrote poetry when i was younger 
and still and just did it, you know, privately. But then one day I just decided that I wanted to, you know, share it with people because ultimately, you know, when it's all said and done, we have what we leave behind in the world. And, you know, if I love to write, you know, and, and my story was told, you know, and I have the ability to tell my story through words, like journalism is, then sharing that in a way is that. So again, motivation, the, the stories I like to tell, the things I like to write are about motivating us to be the highest version of ourselves and they're reminders to myself first, but I love it if people are able to get something from it too, because, you know, I'm passionate about reminding us of our greatness because we're all here for a reason. And I just, I love the idea of being able to personally do that. So where do you perform? Is this something where there's like a, like a poetry club? Yeah, so in Chicago, there are a bunch of different places and outlets that that happens. One of my favorite is um, Soul Sessions, which is run by good friends of mine, uh, Ron and Erica, and they have it monthly. And so before the pandemic hit, I was actually having a residency there where I would perform there once a month. So I would unveil a new spoken word piece every single month and, you know, to try to do that. So that went away. But yeah, yeah, I have a I have a video online um, spoken word poetry short film be called common sense that is out there and i'll just you know continuously share more from there just to get that creativity out if you don't mind sharing i would love to uh to hear a, a little bit of what you do sure so i share a piece it is called mediocre it'll just be a snippet of that yeah and it goes like this when the world remembers me they will not remember me for being the me in mediocre for being an unqualified ego stroker, just a joker playing the card like I'm the greatest of all time, but dealing crooked lies with a straight face like it's poker. See, I don't play those games. I was told to shoot for the moon so that even if you miss, then you will still land amongst the stars. And for me, I'm aiming for Pluto. So at least my missus will leave a legacy like Mars in this galaxy. The three musketeers of me, myself, and I will soar like a dove and chew through the Milky Way like candy bars. So if we're hungry, then why wait and let their snickers keep us from the kudos that are so rightfully ours? I was not born into this world to live a life full of regrets. And for me, that would be living a life full of being as good as it gets some greater than good. And being greater than good is greater than the radius of any neighborhood because I understood that state lines cannot dictate the kinds of people who escape the binds of mediocrity gates and break free to shine. It's really the state of mind that dictates the kinds of people who escape the binds and mediocrity gates and break free to shine, so break free. Because we should all want to be free. But sadly, sadly, some people will only be happy with being the M.E. in mediocre, but I promised myself that that would never, ever be me. Wow, amazing. Whoa. I, I, so good. I now have a new high watermark for my favorite moment of, of doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, you all are too. You all are too kind. I, no, I, I appreciate that, and I, I can only ever hope that anything that I ever say inspires, you know, the greatness in, in other people. So I appreciate you all for even taking note of that, and you know, giving the space to to, to share a little something there. Absolutely. I appreciate I appreciate everything you shared with us today. And uh, before we let you go, we like to do a little thing called the Fast Five, where we ask you like uh, just five quick questions to get your uh, quick response to these. So uh, we'll start things off. Your first concert. First concert, Pink. Your favorite concert. Ooh, it's always the tough one. Ever or at the United Center? I'll, I'll go Ever. Ever is on the run tour to Beyonce, Jay-Z. Best concert I've ever seen in my life. Favorite concert here, Jennifer Lopez. It's my party tour. 
nicest artist you've ever met? The nicest artist would be Thomas Ritt. He was excited about being at the United Center. We staged a, a an announcement for him, and he was just so grateful and kept saying thank you to everyone there. Nicest, nicest artist. Your favorite venue that you haven't worked at? Cool. Scotiabank Arena. Last question for you. You get your own TV show, right? Where they follow around the adventures uh, of Derek Christian, right? And what is the theme song for this TV show? What is the song that plays over the opening credits to the TV show about uh, all about you? Whoa. it's a great question. I think it would have to be an original song that I create. <laughs> I think I would, I would, I would, I would have to, I would have to write it myself to truly, to truly be able to reflect everything. So is, is, is that, is that cheating? No, I like it. I like it. I think you're, you're an innovator uh, all the way. So I, I love that. I feel like of anyone that could pull that off, it would be you too. You'd be, you know, writing some awesome song. I feel like I could do a, a great parody version of, of Sister Christian with Derek Christian. So I feel like I could. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but if you are willing to. <laughs> we don't want to lose you know. all our venues. So on that note, we're going to wrap things up here. <laughs> Derek, uh, what do you want to plug? Uh, uh, feel free if somebody wants to, you know, uh, reach out to you or or follow United Center uh, or even Mr. Suitable. Give us give us your plugs. Oh, sure. So I, you know, of course, if you want to follow me specifically, you know, in, in this in this avenue, LinkedIn is a great place to connect. Derek Christian, D E R R I C K C H R I S T I A N. And of course, personally, if you wanted to follow Mr. Suitable, that's mrsuitable.com. So M-I-S-T-E-R-S-U-I-T-A-B-L-E.com or, you know, Mr. Suitable on social media. And of course, you know, back to the venue space where we all started following the United Center on all platforms. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, Pinterest. You doing the TikTok yet? Not, not doing TikTok. Not doing TikTok. Hands are hands are fully loaded, but the, you know the teams are doing some great work there. So we're living vicariously through this. I'm with you on yeah. that one. I'm with you on that one. Hey, Derek, thank you so much for the time today, and I can't wait for you all to show us up uh, by looking good at the next conference. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait till we're all together at the next conference. I know slowly, oh, slowly but surely we're, we're working there, but you know it's an honor to be a part of this. Thank you all for keeping people connected in in the adventures, and hopefully the the stop in Chicago uh, was a good one. Amen. Yeah, We're definitely. Uh, and thanks to everybody for listening to Adventures in Venue Land. Remember, you can subscribe and find more episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We'd love your five star reviews so you can help others find us. And until the next adventure, I'm Dave Rettelberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>